Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is David. And my other host, your other host, your other host is Heidi. Heidi, I, I don't have like a rapper name, so it's just Heidi. Well, yeah, you do. The Queen of Crafts. No, that's my rapper name. That's my crafter name. That's what do you think you do when you craft? You rap too, <laughs> right? You wrapping paper. Boom, boom. Okay. Boom. 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 Hey, you thought I was going to start out with a bad joke. Little do you know, I got I got bad jokes for days. Like, I never have a short Man. <laughs> and I've had some serious crafting this week, you guys. I don't know. I'm, I have been, you should see the bomb that went off in my room. I'm having trouble holding my kids accountable for keeping their room clean because of the levels in my craft room. So Hurricane Heidi hit the craft room? Maybe the Hurricane Heidi. Maybe that should be my rapper name. Hurricane Heidi. Ooh. There was a rapper I liked. His name was Slurricane. Slurricane. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, like I can't. I have no leg to stand on with messy room or screen time. Mm. I am just leading by absolute. Oh, you're modeling for them, but just not <laughs> modeling. No screen time and clean room. <laughs> Well, oh I, I tell you what, you're, you're, you're forgiven here because if you're a perfect Heidi, we'd be out of a podcast. I mean, let's, let's <laughs> be honest. Sure. <laughs> we'd be out of a podcast. <laughs> and, if, and if I didn't dabble in, in, in lots of uh, painful life experiences in my younger years, then I'd be sitting here talking about safe spaces and us just living our truth for an hour straight. Even though those things are important, <laughs> I don't know if you can talk about for an hour straight for, you know. 200 you know something podcast it kind of get some people, get, some people do yeah i'm not sure how many listeners they have but you know that's you know neither here nor there so <laughs> each their own so um well let's you just guys, go ahead what i just you know it feels like no freak out november has been sweeping the nation sweeping the nation <laughs> at least <laughs> our very small tiny nation <laughs> very small you know it's interesting it has opened up a lot of of great conversations um we're gonna jump in and talk about give you guys like a third challenge and you know before we do let's well, just before, let's before we do that let's remind everybody 1-800-CONTACTS amazing if you need glasses go to www.lingo l-i-i-g G O gosh, L I I N G O eyewear.com backslash light the fight for your $30 off your first, very first pair of glasses. They do not suck. They're the opposite of sucking. They're amazing. So I think go check I out want people to say two eyes. Yes, two eyes, yeah. lingo with two <laughs> eyes. And so go check them out. So just want to remind everybody about that because without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. We don't hit you guys with 30 different. If you guys listen to any other podcasts, Pretty sure if they have a good listenership, they're going to get hit you up with like at least three, four, five, six, seven different ads. No, we like to just have it plain and simple. So I'll shut up now. Heidi, continue. <laughs> well, I'm going to start out by saying, you guys, it it has been really um, affirming, I guess I should say, to have conversations and read some of the comments that have come in um, over the last couple of weeks. Affirming because I think I got a lot of twins out there. I got a lot of people that have some of the same talents in freaking out. And like emotional um, Siamese twins? Yeah. 
Emotional yeah, Siamese like twins. Yeah. <laughs> a mom said that to me. Um, a mom said, me and my daughter are like emotional Siamese twins. So I, I always remembered that one. That cute. Uh, I, I've had a few people kind of um, approach me in different ways. People that I know personally that also obviously must listen to the podcast that have kind of come and um, shared with me their experiences. And, and I think that a lot of the experiences people are borrowing the you know learn learn the video game trick well a lot um, of parents have kids that play video games a lot so that's yeah. that's so a common, and, common and a lot of parents do not know what in the world the the game is about yeah and you know if you are a parent that decided to like try to figure out the video game i i think that you probably are feeling some actual respect for your kids because you guys, those games are not easy. Like what is happening in Minecraft? I, I don't even know, but it is um, a lot, it's not, a lot it's of not called easy craft. It's called Minecraft. <laughs> um, okay. So David, David asked me, well, David's letting me read a couple of these, um, these responses. Some of they've kind of come to us through various ways. And um, there's too many for us to really read them all, but um, but I'm going to share, and then and then I'll even just kind of summarize a couple. So anyway, here's here's this one. I think this is a great one. Um, this person says, "I did it. I decided I needed to find a way to have a better connection with my son. We had a long drive for a hockey tournament, so it was a perfect opportunity. He loves cars and following car people on YouTube. I struggle with it." Anyway, I decided I needed to do this. I let him talk and I really truly listened to what he was saying. I asked questions and I worked to really understand his interest. I felt so much better after he seemed so happy to be able to have this conversation. We have another long drive come soon and I'm gonna to continue to work on this connection. Thanks for the nudge. That's great. You know, that's a great one because, um, you know, that common interest, you can really get them talking I like what you said, David. Anybody can talk about the thing that they care about. You know? And they can talk about it for a while. <laughs> Here's another one. Um, this is a great one. I, I'm going to read. I'm, I'm trying to jump down. To, she goes, I've done the same thing. It's turned into a really great. Oh. I love how you built upon the connection with video games. I've done the same thing. It's turned out really great. In the past, I would say, hands down, no. Not allowing kids to spend money online for stupid video games. But after listening to your episode each week, I can now see how it can offer me a bridge of connection and conversation. I also use David's Jedi mind trick about the art of negotiation by allowing my mind to be open to not only sitting down and learning, oops, oops, what was going on in my in my sense world of gaming, we can now have a, an intelligent, somewhat intelligent conversation about gameplay levels, etc. I also have a new mindset that if the kids want to spend their money on their Xbox, they've worked hard for, we should be able to negotiate and influence and they should be able to negotiate and influence us on why it's a good idea. It's allowed for a great shift in my perspective, increased communication, more talk around the dinner table. Side note, Kids are now asking for the high-low who the heck knows as we eat, even when friends are over. Just goes to show that even teens crave connection more than we give them credit for. So real quick, Heidi, it was a little bit choppy in some of the things you're saying, the connection that we had. So it's at, so just, just clarify, you said that um, it was the kids are actually wanting to do highs and lows when they- Yes. Okay. Yes. Because it sounded like didn't want to do them, but yeah, I knew what you meant. Oh. I heard it, yeah. Even when their friends are over, they want to do highs and lows. Mm. So, by the way, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast, but when my kids, was, sometimes we'll have the neighbor kids just happen to eat with us, whatever. Every time the neighbor kids come over, they say, "Let's do highs and lows." And neighbor kids are like, first times they're like, "Wait, what?" And then after they did it, you could tell how the neighbor kids were really they struggled to communicate like that. But now that they've come over like three, this like we've done it like three times now, 
they've gotten so much better in just three times. Like just to see them the first time to the third time. And I'm talking about my, uh, my neighbor's kids, not my kids. Cause we do it all the time, but it's cool to see them in just three different times improve because like I said, who doesn't want to talk about something that's important to them? Right. Um, okay. I'm going to read this one because this is a great one. I think a lot of us <laughs> can relate is, to this. Is this the one that you can personally relate to a lot? Well, no. Okay. Cause that, that was really long. You might need to paraphrase that one. Yeah. I can't read that whole thing, but here we go. So this week I tried connecting with my daughter. She's amazing. But at 15, everything I get gets an, everything I say gets an eye roll. I feel like lately I've noticed how she communicates with her friends. It's all through Snapchat. I don't have it on my phone and I don't really care about it at all. But if she's on it, darn well better. I but if she's on it, I darn well better find out about it. So I just sat down and asked her how to work it and why she loves it and what she can do. And she excitedly told me all about it and then had to follow up the next day. It was fun just sitting and laughing. I know that if I listen to the unimportant things, sometimes she'll hopefully re be ready to talk to me about the important things. So thanks for the kick in the butt to try this. Um, you guys, Snapchat, like, it just feels like the scariest thing ever. I know there's a lot of parents that just think it's actually like looking at the devil in the eyes, you know, like it's a horrible, horrible thing. And, and I'm sure it can be. Um, and it's tricky. It's tricky. So this is a smart mom um, that says, show me. And let me tell you right now, if your kid is willing to teach you how to use it, you're not, you're not that bad. You must not be that bad. True. <laughs> um, so I think Snapchat is a great one. And what she noticed here when she said, I feel like I've noticed how she communicates with her friends. It's all through Snapchat. And I'm sure that all of us that have teenagers, we see the same thing. Um, you know, they go through their streaks. They, they just like go in this round robin of checking in on everybody. And um, it's important to them. And we do not understand naturally. <laughs> Well, I, I don't think it's necessary that you have to do ex everything exactly what your kids do, but it, you know, I'm, I'm being extreme when I say this, but there is an old saying that says, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Now to a lot of parents, I've been told that their kids' social media apps are kind of their enemy. Could be you know, Snapchat for some, TikTok for others, Instagram for others. And so I've always encouraged these parents I'm not saying that they have to be active users on the app, but they should like learn how the app works, use it so they have their own uh, competency with the app, how to navigate it, not just for like complete investigative reporting version, like <laughs> to be an FBI agent about it, but also to see the other side, like what's the draw? Like sometimes, you, sometimes it's easy to criticize and judge someone else's likes or interests until you immerse yourself in a little bit and then you can see okay it may not be for me but if i if you know your kid you'll be able to see why they like it now for some parents i've had them do that they said well now i'm more scared because you know it's even more like devilish than i thought it was i'm like okay 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 however can you also see why so many people not just your child likes it yeah can you also see the more you hate it and the more you try to get them to get off it? Because some apps aren't things you can't just deny your kids from having because they're not evil by nature, but you're worried that there's going to be influences that are going to you know, affect them. But like for yourself, Heidi, and I don't mean this to diss on you or to diss any parents out there, but for the parents out there that are on social media and they're really active on social media, it's a tough sell to tell your kid when they're past a certain age that they can't be on any social media at all. So then, of course, what are you going to do? You're going to let your kid be on social media. You can't really fight him too much about it as long as, you know, as long as to the best of your knowledge, you're not using it in a negative way. So might as well get to know it, get to understand it. If you can have conversations about the apps, if you can communicate with them, if you can have some competency around that, then you become partners and understand what they're doing. So that if they do come to you and say, hey, listen, or let's say one of your kids 
has a bad experience on there. If you hate the app and you've made it completely obvious that you want them to get off that at all costs, they will never come to you and admit to you if something bad happened on it or if something worries them. But if you've had the other approach where you become competent, you're not openly just like hating on it and talking bad about it. If they have a bad experience on it, there's a higher probability that they're going to come open up to you about it and you could be of help to them. So many parents miss out on being a, be able to be an aid or a support person for their kids because they're so opposing something that their kids like that they can't even say one good thing about it. And the first thing that comes to my mind isn't social media. It's someone that your kid dates. <laughs> if, if you only say frustrating, I don't like the way they dress and this and that, if you only say negative things about your kid's friends or someone that they date or they're interested in, and they have any issues with that person at all, they're not going to tell you. They will hold that as if like, if I let anything out negative about my friends, the person I like, or my social media apps, my parents, they're going to use that against me. So I can't ever open up and talk to them about it. And that can be more dangerous at times than things that actually can happen on the app. Because right. it's dangerous to the relationship. Right. Well, I did try to learn how to use Snapchat once and it was not, it's not, it's, I don't know. My brain doesn't move fast enough or something like that. Or like just the concept, number one, the concept of taking like ugly photos of yourself, because I noticed my kids, they'll like make the worst faces or they'll like not even try to get a good angle. Right. It's like the polar opposite of Visco, right. Where they're working, they got to take 700 selfies to just post one on Visco. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. It's ugly photos that don't save. It's like, it's like the 180. It's like the polar opposite of scrapbooking, right? Oh yeah. yeah instead of don't freak out, it's freak out. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm going to just share this last one. And like David said, it's super long. Um, and so this listener will know who this listener will, will know who she is, but um. Thank you to all of you who have sent this in. And this particular comment was very. I thought it you know, was you that wrote it and sent it in to us. <laughs> well, okay. So, so I'm just going to kind of paraphrase because this mom, um, first of all, you know, acknowledged that she needs to work on connection. And so her daughter loves to run. She's a runner. And this mom, I mean, blessed her heart was like, okay, I'll go for a run with my daughter. I mean, that is true love. That is the definition of sacrifice. Because <laughs> some of you parents out there, if you haven't ran in a while, you know, there's a good chance you're going to leave the house running and come back being carried. <laughs> in an ambulance. In ambulance. Um, anyway, so First of all, her, it's, she said that it's known in her family and particularly to her daughter that she's not a runner, that she doesn't like to run, that she has no interest in running. So when she offered to go for a run with her daughter, her daughter was like, you know, really wondering what was happening and then really surprised that her mom would want to do that with her. And so there- fact, She, she there. even said, mom, you don't have to. She was trying to like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that was um, really showing her daughter that she was wanting to make that sacrifice to spend that time with her. Um, she went on to say that even though she knew that there was like, she felt like she was a little out of touch because things in her life have been crazy. She didn't realize her daughter was struggling. So when they got out running and the, and the mom was like, okay, I need to walk for a minute, you know, as you do. Yep. <laughs> um, it was in the time that they were actually walking that the daughter opened up and let her know some things that were going on that the mom had no idea was happening that gave her like this significant perspective on understanding why her daughter's been acting the way she is and why she's been, you know, kind of pulling back, not being herself and, you know, 
just recognizing that something was was really wrong and and you know what i think is interesting is sometimes we do think we know what it is that's bothering someone that we love like we we have our perceptions of what we think it is what i loved about this is that she went into it thinking that she knew what was going on kind of feeling like she was it was her agenda she was going to get connection but what she got was even more and it turned out to be such a huge win on both sides and um the mom you know was able to really kind of start being proactive in dealing with this situation um and so i think that i just think it's it was so great and um so i want to thank this mom and all of the individuals all of you who have written in and number one recognized i really could use a a better connection with my child and number two like taking the time out to do it because with each one of these like facing this app snapchat that you hate that you think that you think that you wish your kids weren't on anyway you know sitting down and learning how to use that going on a run like doing something that you actually hate doing out of your comfort zone yeah this is this is really showing your kids that they are important to you um and that you're not just doing it because you have to do it like you're proving that you want to do it and um and it has to be something pretty significant in order to get your kids attention and so you really have to go off script for sure <laughs> One thing I want to mention too, Heidi, is all the submissions, at least all the ones I can think of that I've read, all made some mention of thanking us for challenging them and giving them the nudge because they were, it was already on their mind. And so I just want to point out that this was your idea, Heidi, that I think like, I think all of our, I mean, I think all of our episodes have good nuggets to them, but the, the like the really like huge big episodes we've had have always been episodes that you were like, it was you're really doing something that you needed to do, whether it be with your own family or things that you would acknowledge that you weren't doing as good as you could or things you struggled with in the past, right? Or a friend that had struggled with something. So they're always very personal to you. And I, I think this was no different because you were like, man, in this month, you said it's stressful in the holidays. You have to juggle. This is your tax season for work, right? This is your go time. And then on top of it, your kids still need the best of you. And then on top of that, there's not extra hours in the day. So like, I feel, and I don't know if you know, if you remember saying this, but you kind of said in short, I feel like I need like this push. And if I need this push, I'm sure a lot of other parents out there need this push too. So I think just want to thank you, Heidi, for just coming up with the idea, because for the people that have taken the challenge, you know, sometimes we just need someone to just nudge us a little bit, say, come on, like, we're all thinking about it. It's just like having a, a group to go on a walk with or run with or go work out with. It's like, we all need to do it, but individually we may not make it to the gym door or outside the house with our shoes on, but if we get a group of friends to go with us, then our probability went up. Well, um, you know, I think everybody loves, loves a challenge. <laughs> well, I don't know if everybody loves a challenge, but <laughs> well, <laughs> and challenge. I, know, I went tonight and picked up the new don't freak out hats. Oh so yeah. Two. Don't freak out hats. And next week we are going to pick a winner. So this is your last week to listen, take the challenge, and you can respond in with um, a way that you have worked to make connection with a story or experience with a compliment, creative compliments, or that was with, last week's episode. That was last week or what we're gonna talk about today, which is taking some steps to get your kids to trust you by opening up to them first. Well, remind them of the first week's challenge that led to the video games and all that other stuff too. Well, so in case you're just joining us, 
what we what we're doing, what we're celebrating this month is no freak out November. There you go. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> that doesn't mean that you have to have zero freakouts. This is yeah. not a zero tolerance policy. Yeah. Just minus a few from last year <laughs> is the goal. But what we um what we know is that when we have more connected relationships, then we interact in a more positive, effective way. And it requires less freakouts because we're not kind of operating right there on the very edge of the cliff. And so we have talked about a total of three challenges. Um, the first challenge was to connect with somebody, one of your loved ones, by participating or engaging with them with something that they are really interested in um, to connect. So maybe that's a video game. Like we said, maybe it's Snapchat, maybe it's going running. Those are some of the examples that have been shared. Um, you know, letting them show you their funny TikToks or or making one with them. Yeah, making one with them when when really they just. Um, <laughs> By the way, yeah, in order for that to count for a challenge, you can't be a parent that already makes tons of TikTok videos with your kids because there's lots of parents like we want you something uncomfortable that you normally wouldn't do that they're more of an expert at than you. So for all you parents out there say, hey, I love making TikTok videos with my kids. Well, then you're qualified from that one, disqualified from that one. You know, and when they show you a video and they think it's funny or whatever, and you strongly disagree or it's actually upsetting to you or, um, you know, whatever, you have to sort of hold back your freak out, your response of saying, you shouldn't be what, that is not funny. You should not, that is not funny. And maybe just save some of those conversations too. A later, a later date. Anyway, um, okay, that was the first challenge to connect with somebody on their interest and really be interested, learn. And last week we talked about compliments and we talked about how compliments can either be kind of triggering and upsetting and that people sometimes can't take a compliment and we talked about ways that you can customize your compliments so personally that they will actually create connection. So if you haven't listened to last week, go back and listen. And I will tell you that there's prizes involved. If you write to us and tell us an experience that you've had, we will send you a don't freak out bracelet. And we're kind of we're kind of um, gathering up the responses, and um, we have a couple of front runners at the moment, but we are giving away a prize, a grand prize, to somebody, um, and that will include a don't freak out hat, which I just picked up today, like I said, and um, your choice from my newest wall words, my newest holiday collection of wood home decor products, projects, products and projects. So you'll be able to choose. There's a lot to choose from. Um, we are literally up to our neck in sawdust. <laughs> when she says we, she means her. Well, I mean, this is a team effort. That is for sure. And I'm being told I'm not paying much pulling my weight if you if you must know mm. but having said that in order to um be entered into the grand finale prize you are really going to have to step out of your comfort zone and you're going to have to tell us about it so those are the criteria you can send us a message in the dms you can leave it in a comment you can email um our website lightthefight.com has a place where you can send an email. And um, so we're going to jump in really quickly after all of that 
and give you the final challenge. And this challenge will be, again, all three challenges will have the opportunity to win prizes, right? Not just one prize for all That's three. Correct. Yeah, it's a, That's it's, a, it's a main prize for all three. Um, and so uh, with this challenge, um, Heidi, if you want to lead it off um, or you want me to lead it off. Um, well, I want to start out by saying that a lot, I mean, a lot of our problems that we have with our kids um, is only made worse because of a lack of trust. Um, we usually start out trusting each other and then we kind of learn not to trust each other or learn that we can't trust that person. And, and that trust has usually been abused in, in painful ways. And so um, that trust doorway kind of goes both ways. And so what we want to talk about tonight or what David's suggesting, and I, and I think it's really good, is a way that we can start to build the trust up. Um, again, or fortify any trust that you may already have. Um, and so that's our goal. Our goal is, and, and when you trust somebody and when you're team players, when you're partners, when you're starting to like recognize that you're on the same team, you don't have to freak out as much, you know? So David, why don't you explain your, your process, your hack, your Jedi mind trick, your, <laughs> what we can do to start to restore or fortify trust. Um, and then, and then we'll close it out with the final challenge. Okay. So you parents are going to really love this one and you can't see my sarcasm right now. <laughs> you could. Oh, they're it. picking up on it. <laughs> So many of you have heard the saying, honesty is the best policy. In fact, pretty sure most parents in many different ways have tried to make deals with their kids, especially when they know their kids have made a mistake. They've erred, they've lied. And instead of just straight up calling them out on their lie, instead of just, just, you know, just, just, you know, just bringing everything to the surface, a lot of times parents will say, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll give you two choices. You can either tell me what happened or I can go find out for myself. Now, if you tell me the truth and I go check on it and turns out, or if you tell me something, it turns out that you were lying and I go find out that you're lying, then you're going to be in a whole lot more trouble. However, if you're honest and you tell me, you're going to give a couple points for your honesty, and even though I may not like what you just did, at least I'll respect that you owned up to it. I mean, come on, think about it. We've all had these moments like, tell me the truth. Are you telling me the truth? And once we say it a couple of times, we give it, and if they're no, no, I swear I wouldn't lie, which of course all of our kids have lied at some point, okay? So when they do say, okay, I'm sorry, I lied. I, you know, I, I, I did make that mistake. We're not happy but we're less angry because we didn't have to find out the lie on our own. There's something that's so disrespectful that we like, we gave you all these chances to tell the truth and you still doubled down on the lie. We know as our kids grow up, that's not a good trait to have going into adulthood. Nobody expects people to be perfect. However, we do respect people when they can willingly acknowledge their mistakes. In fact, in the best scenarios, our kids will come to us before we even know it's on our radar and say, hey, listen, just want to let you know, here's what happened. And if it's truthful, again, we're still not happy, but we give them a lot of grace or a lot more grace when they've told the truth. Okay. So the truth will set you free. Well, this truth, like a lot of things we ask you guys as parents to do is we want you to go first. So what we want you to do is we want you to go to your kids out of the blue, which is going to seem to them like completely out of the blue. And we want you to confess some sort of truth to them. Now, like all my little tricks and Jedi mind tricks, these are basically reverse psychologies. 
Okay. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're a mom and you have a tendency and your kids have told you this for years. So as much as you don't want to admit it, as much as maybe you try to deny it or try to justify it, there's a rumor going around the household that during the holidays, you tend to freak out a lot. <laughs> that when you have family coming over, and I'm using this as an example, I take what I'm saying. It's just more of like, you know, as an analogy, like you could just take this with anything, right? So I'm using an example. Let's say your mom freaks out of the holidays. Your kids are like, oh gosh, Thanksgiving dinner. It's like, what's going to happen this year? Like mom, like mom's going to get all worked up. Mom's going to be this, mom's going to be that. So what you do is you pull one of your kids aside, specifically the kid that you want to have a relationship with. And you tell them, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Now, obviously they're going to be like, uh, is this a trap? What's going on? You know, because you're starting out with a question. You're like, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> and they say, actually, it's you're not in trouble. It has nothing to do with you. Just... I don't know. Just, I kind of, I guess I just kind of need to tell someone something. Now you got their curiosity. Then here's how I do it. If, if I was this parent, I'd say, so the reason why I want to talk to you is not because of you, you're not in trouble. I actually, I have a confession to make. Again, got their curiosity. They're going, what's happening here? You got a confession to make. And then you tell your kids something along these lines. You know how during the holidays, um, everybody says, I freak out, or I get upset, or I need everything, you know, the table has to be made right, or this has to be done, or blah, blah, blah. I just want to let you know that, um, I hate to admit it, but it's, it's kind of true. I can see why people say that. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but I just want to confess to you, like, why that is. When I was younger, holidays were the time where everybody felt close to each other. And in recent years, I just feel like we haven't been that close. Whether it's, let's say, let's say it's this, this mom or this parents, you know, in-laws, or maybe it's their older kids, or maybe it's their uncle and aunt. Like there's been divorces in the family. This has been going on. That's been going on. And I just feel all this pressure. Like if I don't get it just right, if the food doesn't look right, if things aren't perfect, then it's like, it's just, it's not going to be a place where we all feel comfortable we all have a good time. So I put, I know I put all the, all the stress on myself, but I just, I just, I guess I need to just own up to it and admit to it that like I get worked up and I get stressed out, but it actually comes from a place of, I just want it to be like how it used to be or I want it. Or maybe some of you out there had horrible lives in childhoods during the holidays. You're like, I just don't want it to be like my childhood. Maybe you want it to be like your childhood. Maybe you want it to be the opposite of your childhood, whatever it is, you realize you've put so much stress on yourself that actually has the opposite reaction. You cause other people to not enjoy it. You stress other people out in your household. This could be for holidays. This could be for your desire to make money, to pay for bills. Like I work so hard. I have three different jobs and I know I freak out a lot. And here's the reason why. I don't want you guys to go through what I went through. You know, and I, I got to figure out a different way to do it because what's the point of me working all these jobs only for you guys not to like me or to feel like you can't open up and talk to me. Now, when I've had parents do this in the past, some parents got off the rails a little bit. So here's a warning. If you make statements and just say, here's what I'm struggling with, you know, here's, I just want to confess this to you. You know, you could use this against me and you can make fun of me in front of, you know, all of our family members. But I'm just telling you this like in confidence because I trust that I'd feel better if I talked to you about it. You know how you like admit things to your friends that you wouldn't normally talk about? I'm just trying to admit something to you. I don't want you to like think that, oh gosh, now, now mom's going to like, you know, just because she told us this, that means she can go and freak out. No, that's not the case. I'm telling you this because I just wanted to show you that like I have issues too and I struggle with things too. And maybe you could understand better why I've been stressed out so much because I have been working too much and the holidays do stress me out. But the parents that went off the rails, this is what they did. After they said all that, they said, so like, you know, so I just, I just don't like know what to do about this. So could, could you just like, you know, tell your brothers and sisters to, to listen to me better, to not freak out so much because I don't want to get mad at you guys, but like, I can't help it. You know, you, you know, when you guys argue, here's what happens when people go wrong. They start, instead of just confessing it and just saying, Hey, this is what I have. You just say, I feel better. Thanks for listening to me and walking away. 
they need validation from their kids. Then they start to go, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, can you see now why I freak out? You see why now I yell at you? I actually have a good reason for yelling at you. That's not what I'm telling you. And there's a small difference between the two because the parents that said, oh, this didn't work. I go, okay, tell me what happened. They go, well, I said this, I said this. I'm like, so far, so good. And they're all, well, and then I said this. Well, maybe this is why it didn't go well and it turned into a fight. Because then they started to shift into putting blame instead of just making a confession and stating that they struggle with something. When you go to a friend, you say, here's what I'm struggling with my life. You don't say, and it's because your fault. Or here's what you need to do to make me not struggle with that. They get it. Tell, trust me, the parents that have done this accurately said they felt some grace and some sensitivity from even kids that they felt had none for them. They felt for a moment that their kids actually got it. And, and even later on in, in the dinner, they could look at their kids and say, Hey, remember that what I confessed to you earlier? They go, yeah. I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that right now. You can say it without actually saying it. You can actually imply it. In fact, it's like a meme. When someone gives you a good meme and it makes you think for a second, it's funnier. But if someone says, if they sent you a meme and then gave you a long paragraph saying, okay, here's what the meme is supposed to do. You're supposed to read it. And then after you read it, it's supposed to make you laugh, but then it's supposed to make you think about how bad your mom's day's been and how difficult my life is and have more empathy for me and then actually want to help clean up after dinner. You don't send long descriptions of memes after you send them. You let it stand on its own. It's a literal mic drop. You're letting this just say, hey, I'm going to make the statement, drop the mic. That's what I want you guys as parents to do. So this type of confession, this type of like, hey, I'm struggling with something, it's just to give them information. It's not a desperate cry or plea to get them to do what you want to do. In fact, they're more likely to help you with the things you're struggling with if you don't do that. Thoughts, Heidi? Well, I think that whenever I could totally see myself you know, wanting to win them over almost like, okay, here, I'm going to, I'm going to come. I'm going to tell you why I'm struggling. I'm going to tell you why maybe I've let you down, or I'm going to tell you what's, what's wrong, but then using it kind of to like get you on my side or to feel bad for me, bad for me, you know, or whatever. And making someone feel bad for you is not connection. Yeah. Kids call that a guilt trip. Right. They said my parent, usually kids will tell me one parent more than the other is very good at guilt trips. And it's not always the mom. Sometimes kids go, Hey, my dad loves to get guilt trips. Like I work so hard for you guys. You guys give me no respect. It's like, Oh, great dad. Thanks for the guilt trip. Right. And so how do you, I mean, where is it that it crosses? Like, like, let's say, for example, that like. I, I, mean, I've, I've, well, I was trying to think like, okay, what would I share? You know, and it's almost like you have to, when you share it, you actually have to like state maybe a change that you want to make or ask them for help, not necessarily asking for them to continue to allow whatever you're letting them down in. Like, like for example, if I was to just try to tell my, my family how bad I feel about not cooking dinner enough and like giving them all the reasons, like I've got plenty of reasons why I don't cook dinner enough. Right. And and they know, they can see it, they see exactly what's going on, but that doesn't necessarily make them feel better when they're starving and there's nothing to eat, right? Yep. Um, and so my other thought was, you know, for example, and, and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast. So if you've listened, you, you know that I talk a lot about how I don't like Christmas. And you know, as I'm thinking about this, like I didn't like Christmas very well before Corey passed away. And the reason why, you know, I was, I was kind of processing like the, 
one reason why I didn't like Christmas was because my mom hated Christmas and she just made it into this super stressful overspend pointless. Like this is, you know, it just, and so, and so I think I just took that on. Right. So, so that was kind of one reason. And then the other reason was that like my work just absolutely gets the hardest right before Christmas. And so my stress level is high. And then you add to that losing Corey or having kids on missions or, you know, whatever. And, and then it just like more and more, I just get more and more reasons that I don't like Christmas. Right. But this year I thought, you know, I am tired of not liking Christmas. I'm tired of just being grumpy about it. I'm tired of just not getting on board, you know, and, but that doesn't necessarily mean like I'm going to love the stress levels or that I'm going to love spending pointless money. But I think that I can still like Christmas and still not like spending pointless money, you know? So, so anyway, blah, blah, blah. I think that what I would want to do is maybe say to my kids, you know, I know I've always been a brat about Christmas. I do not want to, I'm tired of being a brat. And so, you know, what's your favorite part about, you know, I don't know, like just maybe rather than sharing something that you want to stay down and continue to be dismal and like, making dinner. I'm obviously, you know, a leopard's not going to change their spots, <laughs> but maybe share something that you do want to improve. <laughs> well, well, Mrs. Leopard, since you're wearing a leopard sweater right now. I am wearing a leopard sweater, so it's, it's helpful. So let, let me just tell you, first off, you answered your own question because I hadn't, I wasn't finished with that process. So you answered your own question. You said, how do I make it not be like a guilt trip, basically? How do I make it? He said, for me, I hate Christmas. Then you gave details that you didn't just wake up one day and hate Christmas. Or it wasn't your favorite time. You actually explained something about your childhood. That was the exact same thing I used inside the example of a stressed out mom in the holidays Either and because the reason why I use that one is because that's a very common one this time of year. I mean, I talk to pretty much 50-50. The moms either hate it or they love it. But if they love it, they hate the work that they have to do for it. If they hate it, it's because they it was always work and it was never enjoyable. Or they had kids that loved it, and then now them and their kids fight and they, they don't get to be happy around each other. There's always something that took place and something that happened. Holidays are very polarizing. You're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. Very few people are like, I, I don't hate it. I don't love it. It's just whatever. Like those are called single people. Like the, those, aren't, those aren't married people or people that have families or in relationships, right? Because think about it. What's more sad than to be alone during the holidays when you're an adult? Or if you're divorced and you don't get to have your kids that Christmas morning, it's the first time you ever had to have that happen. That sucks. And I'm not saying people should get divorced. I'm saying... The holidays have this effect on us because we're supposed to meet some sort of expectation and we either have to hard, work hard to meet it or we feel bad because it's not going to be what we want it to be or we don't feel like we have control over that situation for whatever reason. Okay, So if we explain to our kids something for us, why either it's so important or why it's really hard for us and why it's stressful for us or why we, we glorify it and make it this big thing, and we share where that comes from. Then once we state whatever that is, I guarantee every single parent out there, because I've had this happen to every parent that's ever tried it in my counseling, they all of a sudden got an idea of what to say that they could do individually to make that situation better. This is a confession, not a conversation. Guilt trips, you're hoping for a response, sympathy, Someone to like, so, you know, are you going to help out now with my stress? To when save you, give, you. you, yeah, to save you. When you give a confession, think about a really good apology. When you recognize, oh my gosh, I've been rude to a friend, didn't even realize it. You don't go to the friend and say, oh my gosh, I just had this huge moment 
huge cathartic reaction. I started crying because I haven't been a good friend to you. And I just want to call you and tell you sincerely from my heart, I apologize. This is what I, I just realized why I did that. Oh my gosh, it's so wrong of me. Okay, now your turn. They didn't have the epiphany. They didn't call you. You called them. So this is for you. This is one of those times where it is all about you. It's not about anyone else. And so at those moments when I've had parents do this, they say that they express, they go down this rabbit hole and unwinding of how they have this stress or whatever their confession is. And then they go, you know what? Now that I'm talking about this, I realize I'm going to do something different. I'm going to make the same meal that my mom used to make when I was younger for Christmas. Because that was something I did like about the Christmas time was that food she made. Or instead of doing the same, I've had parents, and a lot of you parents will probably relate to this next one. I've had families that said, we have a tradition. We always do this every Christmas. None of their kids wanted to do it anymore because they're not two and three years old. And they would fight like cats and dogs. Like, this is what we always do. Our family does this. And I said, you know what? Go and confess that you don't want it to be contentious Christmas anymore. They went and confessed it. And at the end of that confession, they go, I just realized maybe we need to evolve. Maybe those family traditions were good for then, but it's not good for now. The relief families have came to me, almost like I gave them some magic idea, which to me, it was freaking obvious. I'm like, you guys hate doing this for the holidays. Nobody likes it. You fight about it. Why don't you just yard sale it, get rid of it and start a new family tradition once these families I'm thinking of, and this has been a lot of families, they came back like, I didn't know you could just do what you wanted for the holidays because my parents forced us to do it. Their parents forced them to do stuff. I didn't know we had options. I'm like, yeah, you don't have to do it because you're expected to do it. And sometimes we're just creatures of habit and we just fall into a habit as if you can't change. If you remember after Corey passed, I said, now you have to make new traditions. Now you got to do it different because now there's too much pain associated to those old ones. So food for yeah. thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, and I think, I think that because it is the holidays, and that everybody has something. I mean, maybe that's some a, a good starting point of jumping off for people. But you know, I mean, even when you say to somebody, "Hey, can I tell you something? I gotta just, I gotta talk about this," or you know, I think that people do feel honored that you're willing to talk to them and open up to them. Um, if, unless you're making them feel bad for you. Can, can I say before I forget my uh, thought, because um, my thoughts have been running away from me in recent months and they're starting to come back. Can I share something for all the dads out there? So moms, you can timestamp, look at the podcast where you're at, where we're at right now. And you can remember this part because I just remembered over the holidays, what I helped dads with, because it turns out dads, a lot of them have sucked in this thing I'm about to share with you. And once I shared some advice and some suggestions for them how to do it and how to handle this, they became a lot more loved and appreciated during this holiday time, which was ultimately what they wanted. So here it goes. Had a lot of, I've had a lot of dads throughout the years complain to me that their kids are unappreciative of all the amazing things they get for Christmas and they give them during the holidays. And then dads will say, all I'm asking you to do is, all I ask them to do is to wake up before noon over Christmas break, to come hang out with the family, to uh, not go run around their friends, like spend some time with us, go caroling, do this, do that. Like whatever's important to the dad, they want, the dad's like, hey, I buy you all this stuff or, you know, I, you know, I, allow you to do these things, just do a little bit of your homework. Just do, just do me a couple solids and show me some respect or whatever that respect is for that father. But the way the dads would go about doing it was completely a guilt trip. They would say things like this, like, you know, like, I feel like you're just disrespectful because what do you mean disrespectful? It's like, I get all the stuff for you. I feel it's all about you. You know, I don't care about presents, but like you guys don't even do like you don't get me nice things, but if you do get me something, it's like you just get it the day before or you don't listen to me over the holiday or I ask you to clean up the garage or do that. Like all I want to do is clean up your room and you can't even do that. And here I am buying you. Do you realize how much stuff you had that I didn't have? 
dads love to go into that category. They love to go down that pathway and tell their kids how much better their lives are than them and how they're, they're brats, they're spoiled, they're privileged, all these things. That's not usually something that motivates someone to make changes. So instead, I challenge these dads, listen, you got to do better than that. Because if your boss were to shame you like that, it doesn't make you want to get up and go back to work. It makes you want to quit the job. And they agreed. So here's what I asked them to do instead. Be vulnerable so that you're available to connect with your kids. Don't tell them how spoiled they are, how privileged they are, how much brats they are. Tell them that you have a very specific way of showing your love to them. But you have a hard time opening up about your feelings because you weren't taught to open up about your feelings because you're raised by primitive apes called your called their grandparents. Okay. Because I, I think our I think our our parents were a lot closer to cave people than than our kids are. That's for sure. Our kids like, oh my gosh, like it didn't, it wasn't the color I wanted it. It's like our grandparents did like Great Depression, like they go through crazy. I got a loaf of bread. It's like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. There's a big time gap in the past 90 years, right? Okay. So, well, there's a huge gap for us as parents. So, instead of sitting there and trying to tell them about how great they have it and how and appreciate how much brats they are, tell them that when you buy them these things, it's hard for you to share your emotions and feelings. But, like, when they spend a little bit of time or watch like a funny family movie, like it makes you feel like, like they love you. It makes you feel like when you go to work that, that it's actually worth it. I had a dad one time tell his kids, he just loved to watch um, Christmas Vacation, the, um, the Chevy Chase movie. Kids <laughs> like, this movie's stupid, dad. Like we watch it every year, same thing, whatever. It's like, why do we have to watch it? Like, it's just a stupid movie, stupid movie. And he got so pissed off. Oh, he would take presents away. <laughs> Santa, he's like, Santa's not coming. And the wife would just be sitting there going, oh my gosh, this is so ridiculous. Like, why are you guys fighting about this? Well, we had a session. After the session, he went home. He confessed to the kids. He said, this was the only happy memory I had with my dad before my parents got a divorce. Mm. We watched this movie. We laughed. My dad and I didn't ever like do anything fun together, but we both liked that humor. We liked Chevy Chase, but he didn't even take the time to think about why he was so protective of a freaking movie. He looked forward to it. It was like the only thing that he had. So he wanted to share this with his kids. It's like wanting to share your favorite band with a friend. Hey, check out this band, share your favorite restaurant with, with your best friend, right? Like, there's these things that we want to share these experiences. And when his kids were saying it's stupid, stupid, instead of just instead of explaining why it meant so much to him, he got angry and defensive. He came back. And I, of course, I was counseling them with their kids and the kids actually felt really bad. They said in our next family session, like, dad, like, if you would have told us that, like, we didn't know it meant that much to you. Like, you act like such a hard ass all the time. You were so mean about it that we thought it was like a weird request that like, we have to watch this movie. Like, what are we doing here, dad? Like what? he gave them no reason why they had to. He just got mad, upset when they stopped wanting to, because they did when they were little, when they were younger. But now when they got older teens, they didn't realize what the connection was for. He cried in the session. He broke down, said my dad and I, they knew him and his dad rarely talked, even as adults and have a good relationship. But that was that one thing. There are things inside of us as individual adults that we don't confess to our kids. So guess what? They don't really know who we are. They know that we're their parents. They know that we like certain things done a certain way, but they don't know where the bodies are buried. They don't know why we struggle. There's so many parents, so many moms out there that my kids think I'm obsessive controlling about cleaning, about the tidiness of the house. I'm like, but they don't know why you're that way. Cause trust me, nobody wakes up that day, that way one day. There's reasons, there's skeletons in those closets that create us to be anxious and nervous and fearful and, 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 and angry about certain things. So search your own mind, figure out why do you actually do some of these things that you're, that you're holding on to and you don't want to let go of. And then you have to communicate to that to your kids, not in a conversation, in more of a confession, and then just tell them what you're going to do now that you realize you're doing that. So that you don't put that on them because usually these issues predate their existence. Usually these issues really aren't about them. It's about us. 
Now they're the way we manifest it because we want to be able to control that relationship with our kids, especially if we can't control our work, our past, our marriage relationship. I mean, come on, how many people out there go through divorces or are in marriages that they're not in love or like, I love my spouse. I just don't like them. Okay. That's even worse in some ways. Right. So there's a lot of parents going through a lot of stuff. And like, if I can't control my marriage and my job and all these other things, I'm sure as hell going to control sitting down and watching a movie with my kids every single Christmas. Well, sometimes wanting that much control means you don't have any at all. It controls you. I was just going to add, make sure it's not the same story that you've told. Yo, no, no. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing about a confession. It's not a story. It's an acknowledgement. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing this. Okay. Now that I realized, let me share it with you because if it sounds just like you said before, that's not a confession. That's an excuse. That's going to make them feel guilty. You do not make someone feel guilty when it's not about them and it's all about you. Now, if you're self-deprecating, you're like, I just feel like I'm the worst mom in the world because every Christmas I get stressed and I make you guys feel like you have to be making me happy. That's not a confession. That's a complaint. That's a talking about the same crap you've always talked about. Confessions are deep, man. They, they're like, whoo, they feel way different. And it makes... The biggest difference is in confessions, you're really vulnerable. And those complaints and sharing your stresses, anyone can share stress without being vulnerable. All you got to do is open up your mouth and tell what you are pissed off about. That's not a vulnerability act. That's not a confession. All right, you guys. That's why this challenge is, is the, the last one of them all. <laughs> the least fun. Well, it actually, in my opinion, it's the most powerful. Out of all the, the, the three that I've given you guys, if you guys thought the first two worked, which many of you guys have because you've tried it, this third one, you got to dig deep. But man, if you want to really connect with your kids and show them like what it's like behind the curtain, go for this one. Well, all right. Challenge accepted. Okay. You don't, you guys don't have to actually write to us and tell us your entire confession. But I actually like it if you do. <laughs> <laughs> but David just, this is just his, his line of favorite, favorite filling of the bucket, right? When, well, that, that'd be like the equivalent of saying, Heidi, I took your workshop and they just wrote a page about how amazing your workshop helped them express themselves through their crafting. You don't mind the page that's true <laughs> you're right so i i don't mind i don't mind the page the page long or as heidi would say from the tip of your finger to your elbow because that was the text she sent me when it was just <laughs> <laughs> i didn't mean that one say hey can i have some help and it was like a book uh, <laughs> you don't know me but oh my i'm gonna just confess everything to a stranger all right well so now you know in order to enter this week in our last of three weeks. Um, so, so you can have a total of three submissions. And um, so we would ask that you confess something to your kids that helps them understand where you're coming from. Something that has made you who you are and recognize that it's something that's been hard for you and that, you know, you don't want them to feel bad for you. You just want them to understand you and um, that you're not going to try to use it to manipulate them. You're going to use it to create a connection. And confess to them that they probably don't understand you because you haven't been really great at communicating what the problem was because you didn't even know what it was. A lot of times we don't even know what's going on with ourselves unless we take a moment to stop and really ponder and think about it. And like I told you guys, every parent I've ever challenged to do this that did it, every time came back and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize how deep this was for me. Because all you think is like, oh, I get pissed off this. Oh, I don't like Christmas. Oh, I need to have the Thanksgiving dinner just right. Once you pull back the curtain and, and check your own reasons for it and really are honest with yourself, like I said, honesty is the best policy, you will come up with some things that might make you break down and cry because they've been so they've been there for so long. You just thought it was just a part of you. In reality, it happened to you. 
All right. So you guys, we're going to uh, add a little bit and finish this discussion for a few more minutes over on Patreon. If you haven't heard about us, our, our platform on Patreon, we have Light the Fight on Patreon. You can go to www.patreon backslash or patreon.com backslash light the fight. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash light the fight. It's five bucks a month. You pay the five bucks. We get the five bucks and we give you an extra episode every single week. You can have the chance to interact with us more personally, send us messages. We can message you back. We're thankful for all of our Patreon mess or Patreon uh, subscribers out there. Thank you for um, just listening to the episodes, giving us your feedback and comments. We really appreciate it. we got some great comments this week that we're going to talk about on Patreon. So if you want to check out what we're doing over there, give it a shot. You can sign up, you can cancel at any time. So there's, you know, it's, it's a great month to month type of a thing. There's no like long-term commitment with thousands of dollars required or anything like that. <laughs> Unless you want to give us a thousand dollars. I think you can pay as much as you want in there. We're just only asking for five though. <laughs> That'd be, <laughs> we'll be waiting for those thousand dollar checks, David. Yeah. Yeah. Or thousand, <laughs> thousand pesos. That, that's, I think that's five bucks actually. <laughs> Probably. All right, you guys, thank you for listening. Um, thanks for being here. Thanks for being willing to take on some of these challenges, even though they may feel a little uncomfortable. They're supposed to. Um, so thank you for all you have, um, all of you who have already entered. And um, so let's finish out strong. And thank you for helping us to light the fight.